This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 28. I'm Canyon Clark here with Scott Clark. Today is a special Saturday edition, we'll call it. Um, We've got Steve Shirk back on. We're excited to have him talk about his latest article in the North American Whitetail Magazine called The Target Shed. Finding your target buck sheds can help you kill them is the title on it. Um, If you guys want some background on Steve, you can go listen to episode 19. We had him on before talking about some public land stuff and some big timber stuff, and we got into more of kind of his upbringing in the hunting world and all that and background so if you want to listen to that go check out episode 19 and you can get like i said a good background on steve but we'll just jump right into it here um how's it going man good how about you guys oh we're doing all right uh getting along hopefully everything's going well for you since the last time we talked yeah definitely uh finding more sheds so that's a good thing good deal i guess the snow finally getting out of there so you can find some more of them Yep, exactly. Although it's been snowing off and on today, luckily it's not sticking yet. So no kidding. No hopefully kidding. it doesn't stay for good. Yeah. I'd assume that makes it quite a bit easier when you don't have a foot of snow on the ground. Absolutely. A lot easier walking, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like <laughs> I said, we're going to cover the, your latest article here, and I'm just going to start off with the opening paragraph, and then we'll go from there. So, Reads, my obsession with monster big woods bucks in my home state of Pennsylvania has turned into a year-round, turned me into a year-round deer enthusiast. Whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter, there's always a reason to be in the deer woods. And I actually wanted to stop right there because I think there's a good point just in that opening paragraph that if you're going to kill big deer consistently, like what we talked about the last time you have, um, it's a year-round thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. Um, I mean, I think... Some hunters uh, think that, you know, there's just maybe fall or late summer, but there's really valuable information. I don't, not even, I'm not even going to say during different seasons, pretty much every month um, of the year, there's, there's things that you can take. Um, and obviously right now uh, out there shed hunting, postseason scouting. So mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't matter what month or what time of the year it is there's there's always something that you can gain while you're out there and you can also miss out as far as like um if you're if you're not out there postseason scouting then you know it's hard to make up for that you know even you know late summer so absolutely uh missing certain periods of the year you're definitely going to miss out on you know key intel and information for next season yep and i think like you said it's like that all year round if you don't go out in the late winter you know, right postseason, yep. you can't see that stuff you can in the late summer. And then vice yep. versa, too. If you just go out in the late winter, but you don't go out in the late summer, you know, you're going to miss some things there as well. But, yeah, I thought that was a really good point just right out of the bat that uh, to do it consistently, because that's not saying guys can't kill nice deer, because obviously people can without being there all year. But if you want to do it year after year after year, kill mature deer, you got to put the time in all year round, not just during the fall. Absolutely. And, and honestly, um, it just, I, I, I'd be surprised if, if other hunters don't just see the fun out of it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always just anxious to hit the woods, you know, just love being out there. So, I mean, it's, uh, 
it's just that's what's great about the sport of deer hunting even though the hunting season's kind of short and sweet but Mm -hmm. there's so much that you can do throughout the whole year it really never ends yeah you can make even more out of it than what it is that just that short season so um and obviously right now and we're getting into probably the latter part of it but we just talked to a guy uh two nights ago um with jury outdoors um he said that they believe that probably 95 percent of their bucks have dropped both sides now and i believe that yeah we're probably we're thinking that's probably a similar number around where we're at we had seen in the last few weeks still some bucks holding both sides but it's not been many so mm-hmm. like i said we're kind of in the latter part of that but also at the same time we're at a time now for shed hunting where you know that if you don't find that shed it's likely that you either just missed it or it's not dropped on your property because it's probably dropped by now he's probably not still carrying it so i thought it was exactly. it was still appropriate timing to go over this because uh, it's still a good time to be out there and it it still hasn't quite greened up here yet. I know obviously it's snowing there, so you guys probably aren't there yet. Um, But we'll get into that part of it now. So when it comes to shed hunting, I've never been a numbers guy. My goals are centered around targeting individual bucks, just like my approach to hunting them. I'm trying to learn all I can about him in hopes of collecting his antlers as soon as they drop. So that's another thing right there. Uh, a lot of guys and you know it's fun to go pick up a whole bunch of sheds but whether you're trying to make the most out of your time in the woods or get the best information out of that buck you're trying to kill just like when you're hunting them i think that's a really good approach to the shed hunting yep um yeah and you know what i like most about it is it it's almost like a, a practice run or uh you know just really getting to know certain bucks better mm-hmm. um I feel like there's so much strategy into trying to find his antlers and it's all related to, to hunting him. I mean, knowing his habits, his, uh, his patterns, his areas that he goes through. And, uh, I really feel like it just brings you closer to killing that buck. And especially when you do find those sheds, then, uh, you know, you definitely know you're on them then. And, once again, you can use all that information towards next season as well. So that's just been something, you know, that I've done over the years. And, uh, it's just, honestly, uh, it's really led me to really, to really stay on bucks, you know, way better than, than, you know, what I probably ever thought I would. Right. And, you know, killing a big buck's a chess match and it's just one, another move or another piece you've got to, to get to killing him if you're looking for that specific buck. Absolutely. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to jump into the next part here. Uh, if you got more thoughts on that, though, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, right. I know we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So the, the kind of the next uh, section here is on trail cameras, which we talk a lot about as well, how we're running them and using them at different parts of the year and when we're running them and stuff. So I'll get into that. Back to the article. It says, I use trail cameras just as much for hunting sheds as I do for hunting bucks. During the spring, the hunting season has finally ended, so the pressure of being pursued for several months has taken its toll on whitetails. If you don't play your cards right, you can bump the buck literally, or sorry, bump the buck into the next zip code and likely never find his sheds. I'm not worried about scent or making a buck go nocturnal, but I want to avoid physically spooking him out of his bedding area. So, you talk about using trail cameras, but at the same time, you don't want to go in there kind of similar to the season at the wrong times of day or in the wrong areas and actually physically bump that buck while there's also the aspect you're not necessarily as worried about leaving your scent and stuff like that so you just talk about a little bit more about that kind of expand on you know using trail cameras for finding sheds 
and, and stuff like that? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, firstly, you know, going talking about the trail cameras, um, you know, especially on public land, like, you know, a lot of guys do wait till a little bit later to, uh, you know, look for sheds, but you know, there's more and more people doing it in this area. So I feel like if you can get a jump on, you know, just knowing as soon as he drops his antlers, mm -hmm. uh, and that's huge or there's potential of squirrels or whatever chewing them up. Um, but also like, uh, I, I really, sometimes, uh, you know, if you're not running cameras, you're, you're still not getting that right Intel. Is he still, is he still alive or is he not? Right. Uh, where's he been moving? Like this, the, one of the, actually the biggest shed I found this year, uh, I was targeting that buck just for his sheds with trail cameras. And what I was able to do was he came by my camera with just one side Mm -hmm. And uh, I was able to backtrack him, and that's what led me to his shed. So uh, just things like that. I mean, those. If I hadn't, I uh, ran cameras in just in searching for that deer's shed, and knowing that he dropped. Like number one, I would have never knew that exactly when he did drop. And number two is I was able to to literally just get get that antler by backtracking and right. i'm guessing i'm guessing within an hour or less uh before he came by my camera because he dropped at about a thousand yards before he passed by my camera i would say somewhere in that time frame that's mm -hmm. exactly when he dropped that one side um and then what were i apologize what was the some of the other things you wanted me to touch uh, on yeah and obviously yeah. i'm jumping around a little bit here because i don't want to give up all the article and stuff and you know, if anybody sure. wants to go back, I recommend going back and reading the whole article, obviously, every time we do this. And like I said, it's in North American Whitetail. they got a great magazine they put out. And yep. you guys can go get that. And I actually like the physical. I'm a little bit old school. I like to actually have it in my hand and read it. But they do have a digital, <laughs> yeah, a digital version, too. So for the guys that don't want to do that, you know, there's that option as well. So they're... I know the magazine's kind of going downhill a little bit, but they're still catering to that digital audience as well. So there's a lot of good stuff. But back yep. to the article here, um, just to kind of go over that second part, you were talking about um, the deer having so much pressure from the hunting season. Oh yeah. And you don't want to really, you don't want to bump the buck out of that area by trying to go in and find his sheds, because then if he's still hanging on to him, you know, you might never find him. And then yep. you're not necessarily worried as much about your scent and stuff like you would be in the regular season, but you don't want to actually go in there and physically bump that buck out. Yep, and and the main reason why uh, I'm just going to bring the, the scent game right into this is I'm really I really don't care if I make that buck go nocturnal. Right. Um. Uh. I, I I'm not hunting them. I kind of drops the antlers at night. We're we're. If he's moving more at night, no big deal. So mm -hmm. that, that's kind of like the main issue with the scent. Yeah. But, you know, bumping them is a different story. And uh, and I just have learned, you know, especially on public land that, you know, you're right. It's right after hunting season. These deer are worn out. Uh, they're, they still feel pressured. You know, they might sense that, that the game is over, but still, you know, they're, very, you know, extremely on their guard. And they just don't want to be bothered this time of year. Right. And especially in the winter too, they they move a lot less uh, this time of year than others. Um, so if, if you push a buck, he can often go to another area and just kind of settle down there and not come back. So 
that's where you have to be really careful. Yeah. Um, and that's another reason why I like running those trail cameras because I'll kind of cluster them in areas where, like, say if there's a food source, mm-hmm. you can you can monitor that food source like crazy. And, yeah, there's a decent chance he'll drop antlers where he's feeding, but most of them that I find, you know, drop in bedding. Right. But those are the cameras that I'm not checking very often. But at least by by watching that food source, when he, if he's coming in there every night, then, mm-hmm. okay, all of a sudden he's just got half an antler. Or hopefully you can tell if he dropped them both. But yeah. it, it's important to know where where you can, you know, keep an eye on a deer and where you got to back off. Yep, for sure. And that actually leads into the next section here, the bedding areas that I wanted to talk about. Um, you say most shed hunters target food sources for sheds. Often you'll find a greater number of sheds around food sources, but not likely the biggest ones. Mature bucks spend more time on their bellies during the winter months than they do on their feet. And I think that's uh, not only a shed hunting thing, but in season a lot of times too, you'll see those mature bucks will stay in their beds a lot longer than the younger bucks. That's why you don't see them as much in you know early evening or late morning. They're yep. getting out there at night to feed, and they're not spending as much time on their feet. And then, like especially during the winter time, when they're trying to hold up and conserve energy and stuff. So you can talk a little bit about kind of yep. your thoughts there as far as their their bedding habits and all that. Yep. Yeah, I see that most with mature bucks, and you have to factor that you know mature bucks probably are doing the bulk of the breeding so you know in the rut so they're really worn down you know this time of year and Mm -hmm. throughout the winter so obviously you know their bodies are telling them you know hey (laughs) you've got to rest man because we've got you've got the the most crucial time period of the year to to get through and uh, often that means that you know even if there is a good food source available you know, there's days in the winter, deep snow or just rough conditions. They're just even, they'll, they'll lay down all day uh, just, just for the fact that they're, even if they do travel to go feed, they can't afford to, you know, burn off that energy, you know, certain days. So yeah. uh, it, uh, it's definitely a, a kind of a different time of year, you know, for mature bucks. Um, I, I will say that, you know, once again, and, I just kind of learned this from shed hunting that I'll, you know, I'll find a buck bed or even go to a known bedding area and that's where a sheds have been. And throughout the years, it's just kind of clicked. Like, you know, this is making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, these deer or these mature bucks, they're hardly moving at all. You know, this time of year, I think the most of the movement, you know, that when they are moving is at night, but they're putting way more times in their bedding in their bedding areas and they are, you know, in feeding areas. So if you know the bedding and, and, you know, you don't pressure it. And once again, using those trail cameras, uh, if you already know, you know, maybe it's an early drop in January or February, I, by all means, I have no problem going in then if my trail cameras have told me mm-hmm. that he dropped, but if not, you know, then I really back off and wait till March or April to go in those bedding areas. Right. Right. Um, Jumping a little bit ahead here, back to the article, you say one of the biggest deer I've ever encountered was a buck named Goliath. One of the most interesting facts about Goliath was that he would winter roughly seven miles from his summer and fall range. And that kind of made me think of, and you can tell a little bit about that specific buck if you want, but that kind of made me think of something we've talked about before is how much emphasis do you put on 
where you're finding his sheds and his beds at this time of year for like the next season as far as where you're going to hunt him. So um, yep. will you kind of use that intel? So like for this buck, for an example, uh, he's seven miles from where he is in the fall. How are you using that information, I guess, to hunt him the next year, knowing that it may not be exact, it may not be the same place he's bedding yep. as during the hunting season? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, every buck is a little bit different. Um, Goliath, unfortunate, even more unfortunate. That that pattern, that seven mile stretch, uh, and you know, doing that same thing every year. Uh, I was never able to really get on him good in hunting season. Unfortunately, I, I could get him on camera all summer. And then I could also get him on camera, you know, in the winter, but throughout the rut and, you know, pre-rut and all that time frame, I've only, I only ever had a couple encounters with him. Uh, I, and, you know, and some bucks are kind of nomadic too. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't say, you know, I wish I could say exactly what he was doing, but, um, but I will also say, you know, talking about other deer that not every buck does that either though. In fact, I think less of them, have that much of a shift, uh, yeah. you know, from, from summer, fall to winter. Uh, um, I've killed bucks that I found sheds from in that same exact area. Uh, you know, one thing keep in mind too, is the severity of the winter, Right. at least you know, around here, if it's a really bad winter, deer have particular wintering areas like yarding areas. Um, there's probably a good chance that, you know, you, if you find sheds in those areas, you're probably not on a buck's core area, but more milder winter, or if you know he, he dropped maybe like, you know, early drop or even uh, this time of year, you know, the deer starting to get out of their wintering areas. Right. You know, you can still use a lot of that information, uh, you know, towards next hunting season. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, um, finding a shed is still a piece of intel, and many times it's, at least got me to a starting point. Right. So, uh, by all means, you know, don't, don't just think it's a shed and, uh, yeah. forget about hunting that deer next year. Yep. Yep. And I think another thing that probably plays into that, and you mentioned it a little bit here in the next section, so we'll jump to that is the habitat and yep. going back to the article here, you say, I found that habitat is the biggest key for mature bucks during the shed season. The three biggest keys are food cover and low human pressure. If there's potential for severe winter weather, thermal cover is also extremely important. So, you know, that in itself, like you just said, depending on the severity of the winter, could determine where that buck's going to be. And then, you know, if the habitat in their fall range is good enough that they're going to want to be there in the winter still, then I think that's probably a buck that you can go in and hunt in the fall like you like you were talking about based if you find a shed in there um but kind of the what role do you see is it similar in your opinion as far as the habitat goes um and then related to shed hunting as well um you mean like the habitat uh that that i brought up like is is that what i look for for shed hunting you mean or similar to where they are in the fall uh either one so like um what habitat are you looking at specifically for shed hunting and then i know i i got another little piece highlighted if you cover it i won't even go over it um but okay then also how does that affect maybe how you determine whether or not you think that buck's going to be there in the fall as well yep i mean and i probably touched on this a little bit already but uh you know if i find you know sheds in 
I don't know what what your guys' winter habitat's like, but we have like a lot of pine, hemlock, mm-hmm. you know, evergreen, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We you know we have mountains where generally you know bucks are up higher on the mountains, but in the winter if it's real bad they'll get pushed down lower. So you you kind of base a lot of that on okay if if I find a shed you know way down in the bottom in a patch of hemlock. I highly doubt that's going to be where I'm going to kill that buck next season. Right. Um, But I find it up, you know, on top of a ridge, inside a clear cut, near a bed, or just around a bunch of buck sign. Uh, I think that's possibly, you might have just, you could probably say bingo on that one. Right. Um, But I think you kind of have to know your area and know how the deer are using those areas at different times of year. Um, And just when you find a shed base, base that find on you know on the habitat that you're in like i said if it seems like winter habitat uh you know you're probably a little bit off but right you're most likely not seven miles off goliath was uh i mean that's a rare deer i'm not saying it never happens but uh i i would still you know start to hone in on that general area right and you know look for you know potential bedding areas look for buck sign um, it all, you know, it all, I'm sure you have people, you know, especially listening from different places throughout the country. So, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere is a little bit different, but if you, if you know, you know, what your bucks, uh, you know, or mature bucks are what they look for in the fall, then I think you still use that shed as a starting point and, uh, you know, start scouting that area a little bit harder. Yeah. And then one of the things that kind of ends that section that I think is applicable for, us especially, and especially when we get a little bit harder winter, you say mm-hmm. you'll also find buck beds under most evergreens, especially the ones on south-facing slopes. So make sure to check every evergreen and a clear cut. That's the most likely place to pick up an antler. Um, we find that a lot around here. If you can find a good stand of even pines, uh, evergreen, yep. cedar trees, anything like that, especially since uh, where we're at kind of in the Midwest, it's not like when you get out farther west where there are cedars all over the place. If you yep. find a decent patch of cedars, there's a really good chance that's where that buck's going to be holing up for the winter. Yeah, and that's that's all mainly due to wind and snowpack. Like mm-hmm. uh, people people underestimate how you know cold, heavy winds in the winter really take their toll on deer. Yeah, and that's those evergreens. I mean, they're, they you, they those deer get in the middle of them. It's almost like almost like a shelter. What yeah. it really is actually. Yeah. Um, and you know that's just such a vital uh uh source for you know for for even a a lot of different wildlife in the winter um and that it kind of varies i mean i'll find you know deer will bed in those areas off and on but for the most part in the winter if if i wherever i see a hemlock whether i'm shed hunting or scouting i'm always checking it out because uh they they just they seek those hemlocks and pines and all that stuff out extremely often you know this time of year Mm -hmm. and we'll get a lot of funny looks and stuff and a lot of guys don't like them necessarily but if we go to a property um, for consultation or something and a guy just has no winter thermal cover like the cedars uh, evergreens pines and all that you know we'll recommend a place that looks good to put some of those in because you know not only if we get an early winter and it, it gets real cold in the hunting season you're going to find those bucks there while you can still hunt them. But if you can hold those deer a little bit longer into the winter after the season, yep. you got a better chance of them dropping their sheds on you like what you're talking about. 
And then that's just one more piece of information, especially like we've been talking about if it's that target buck. So, you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And luckily, uh, you know, I, where I, where I'm from, you know, I hunt public land, which is just several hundred thousand acres, but I, I can feel for people that, you know, are on private land where, you know, if the neighbor has the right, you know, preferred or, you know, a great wintering grounds, like I'm sure that that can really mm-hmm. have an effect on, on your shed hunting because the, those deer, especially in the winter, you know, this, I, I say, even though it's pro, it's more spring right now, but when I look outside and see my, my truck covered in snow, that's right. why I'm talking about winter still. But right. I, I think, uh, I think it can be very difficult, even more difficult, like, you know, on areas where you have more private land because deer are probably more selective about where they live in the winter this this time of year than any other. And yep. if you don't have what they need, you're not, I mean, you could lose all the deer on your property. Yeah. Yeah. Their needs are not nearly as in abundance this time of year. Well, in the winter time yep. and this time of year as they are, you know, pretty much the whole rest of the year. Yep. Absolutely. So the next session section is uh, mild versus severe winters. And I actually, we've talked about that a little bit, but I pulled something else out of there. Um, you say antler shedding often can be related to stress. I've seen individual bucks drop antlers at different times a year from one year to the next. Some bucks may have rutted harder from one year to the next. That can also impact the timing of when bucks' antlers eventually fall off. So you're seeing a difference even from one specific buck to another and maybe that's based on the winter time, or maybe that's based on how hard he rutted from one year to the next. So it's yep. not, maybe that's not necessarily something you can pattern like this deer drops his sheds every January or something. You're seeing a difference, even just a specific buck to another when they're dropping their sheds. Yep, absolutely. And um, see, you know, our, uh, I, I don't want to say that we have horrible whitetail habitat here, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not. You know, it's big woods. There's no food plots. Uh, it's kind of just up to Mother Nature to support, you know, these deer. And right. and I've noticed that a lot of our bucks, a lot of our mature bucks, because they're the heavy breeders, they rarely hold on to their antlers, like, into March or late February. A lot of our mature bucks tend to drop, like, January up to mid-February, sometimes even sooner. Mm-hmm. And and what I've always thought is, you know, that's stress-related because they're the deer, you know, beating up on their bodies more, uh, you know, through the rut than, than any others. Because you you can you can see many times I'll see a little four-point or six-point first week of April here still holding antlers, but right. he didn't rut as hard as a mature, you know, four-, five-, six-year-old. Yeah, and you know that just all boils down to stress. Uh, mm-hmm. You can read about it. Um, it's not just something that it's an opinion. It, it's a fact that uh, the more a buck, you know, the more stress a buck has, the more likely those antlers are going to drop off. And uh, you know, another thing I've noticed is I've seen like if we have maybe an earlier period of really bad winter. I've seen, you know, bucks just popping off like crazy and it, yeah. it's not, it doesn't seem like it takes very long. As soon as those bucks start to get really stressed out, you know, within a few weeks, those, those antlers start to drop. Yeah. So that kind of leads into the, the closing here, uh, learning specific bucks. So I'll read a little bit, this will be a little bit longer here just to finish it up and then we can talk about it. So As much as I love antlers, learning about a particular buck is far more rewarding than collecting his antlers. 
I killed one of my best bucks because I found one of his sheds. I got random trail camera pictures of the buck during the hunting season prior to shed, shed hanging him. But where I found his antler was not the same area I was getting him on trail cameras. Furthermore, the ridge I found his shed on was the same ridge where I killed him that following season. Had I not found that shed, I guarantee you I would never have killed that buck. So I'm assuming you remember that specific buck, so maybe you can talk a little bit about him uh, and maybe yep. finding that shed and then what how you use that to kill him the next year. Yep, yeah, it was a big 10-point I shot. And, uh, you know, the season before, I just had a couple random pictures of this deer at night, didn't really know that much about it. And, uh, you know, just kind of one of those things, like you get a picture and you, you say, you know, I wonder where that deer is coming from. And um, I can't say when I was shed hunting, I was specifically looking for that deer. I was just going through an area, you know, a little mix of postseason scouting. And, you know, if I find a shed, that would be great, too, kind of mm -hmm. doing two things at once. Right. But I found that deer shed, and, like, that's when the light bulb came on. It's, like, you know, a mile or two away from uh, from where I got those random pictures of them. Yeah. And it just, I saw, I saw a big buck sign in there. Uh, you know, it, everything I saw was, was kind of pointing me to like, okay, this is where this deer was, was hanging. Uh, it was a mild winter that year, which also told me that, uh, there's a good chance that deer just kind of hung around. He didn't have to shift and do like a more conducive, like wintering type mm -hmm. habitat. So I went right in there, uh, the next year and, uh, started to get pictures of him and, uh, and it, everything just kind of clicked and and it was actually in new york where i hunt new york but uh the first day of new york gun season i i killed that buck on the first day so right exactly um i mean maybe not exactly where i found the shed but right. within several hundred yards on the wow. same ridge so that uh i mean if it once again if it wasn't for that shed and uh and finding that shed and also like kind of doing a thorough walk through the area like mm -hmm. picking up you know is this is could this possibly be where you know where this buck's hanging because if you you know if you just find a shed and throw it in your pack and go home once like i said earlier you you find you find a, sh a shed antler of a deer that you're interested in mm -hmm. immediately that's when you want to start to do some extra scouting and that's yeah. what i did and that's how i killed him yep and then you kind of wrap it up, wrap it all up here. It says, if you're a mature buck hunter, I encourage you to put in greater focus on shed hunting individual bucks. In the end, you'll gain way more than just a set of antlers. And I think that's the biggest key and talked about it kind of in the opening. If you're looking to kill mature deer and you're wanting to do it consistently, um, it's year round and you can go in there and you're just like you're targeting that specific buck during the hunting season, target that dude in the shed season too. And then, like you just said, once you do find a sheds, then you know, okay, I can go in here and do more intense scouting. And then, you know, you've used your time more efficiently as well while you're out there yep. in the woods. Yep. And, and you know, I, I don't mean I'm not talking on shed hunters. I think the guys that are into just getting numbers of them, I think that's just as cool. But mm -hmm. I really think uh, you're going to get way further ahead focusing – you're shed hunting, you know, more on individual bucks because you're going to, you're going to replay through your mind, um, how you shed hunted that deer, you know, going into the next hunting season, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of information, even before you find that shed, 
Um, you know, you're, you're probably going to be finding sign and beds and, you know, trails is, is your, it's almost like you spent another whole season hunting him Mm -hmm. and all that information, whether it's that you found leading up to finding the shed and even going back after, um, all that time and effort and all that information, there's just so much, so much that you can collect that, uh, honestly, it, uh, it really, you know, going into the next season, really definitely puts you way ahead of the game. And uh, if, if by all means, if, if I know several deer that, that I've killed. If had I not have done that, I never would have killed them. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we talk about this a lot too. If you're one of those guys that just wants to find a bunch of sheds, uh, that's cool, man. If you're one of those yep. guys that's just out there and you want to kill a young buck, uh, you know, I'm not knocking anybody's way of hunting. Yep. Uh, but if you're trying to, and we talk about, that's kind of the stuff we go over in the podcast. We're trying to kill mature bucks, uh, depending on where you're at. Now there's places where it's hard to kill a two and a half or three and a half year old buck. And I get that, but like, yep. especially where we're at in the Midwest, um, even out farther West, like in Kansas, some parts of Oklahoma, it, it's easy to, I don't want to say easy, but it's a lot easier to kill a two and a half, three and a half year old buck than it is four or five, six year old oh, deer. Yeah care where you're from yeah so if you're trying to kill four five and six year old deer this is the kind of stuff you got to focus on absolutely nope i couldn't agree more yep so uh you got any questions for steve or anything before we let him go no i'm just soaking this all in (laughs) okay just taking in the information he's been quiet over there but yeah no steve i think what you're doing out there on public ground is really impressive man and it's really cool Uh, i enjoy following you on social media and stuff and before I forget about it. Where can guys follow you at, like on social? I know uh, I got you on Instagram. You get a lot of good stuff there, but yeah, um, yeah. You obviously, like you said, Instagram Shirks Guide Service. It's S H E R K S Guide Service, mm-hmm. or uh, on Facebook, obviously too. And I have a website, ShirksGuideService.com. Um, feel free uh, if you're someone that's never followed me, or shoot me a message. Uh, and, uh, you know, I love, uh, like I've said before, I, I love just meeting different people throughout the country. Uh, it's, uh, it's really, you know, it's being a hunting guide and just mm-hmm. being in this business, like it's, uh, it's opened so many doors and avenues for me and led me to so many great people that, uh, you know, I'm just having a blast doing it and appreciate everyone that follows me. And even you guys just get me on here and, talking hunting with me uh, it just it just makes makes my life much better yeah man absolutely and we love having you on um and if you want man you can go ahead and plug the business a little bit the the guide service out there a little bit of what you do and if guys want to come out and, and you know be a part of that how can they do that yeah um well once again just find me on social media or on my website uh and uh i will say though this next season i'm already fully booked but generally i book most of my hunts um usually you know it's just a short window but mm-hmm. the last week of december to the first couple weeks of january i'm just a small outfitter i mean i'm not taking hundreds of clients so right. i also have a lot of guys that just keep coming back every year and, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that get the first chance to rebook but oh yeah most people if you if you get in contact with me around the new year i'll always have at least enough openings to to get just about anyone in that, that would want to do a hunt with us cool man so yeah, that's good that you already got everything booked up, I guess. That's a good problem to have. So, Not uh, yet, completely, so yep. I'm very fortunate. Yep. Hey, man, we appreciate you coming on, and anytime you want to come back, just give me a holler, and we'll make space for you. I, I, thanks again, and take it easy. 
All right. Thanks a lot, guys. You guys have a great weekend. You too, Steve. Yep. Bye. So that was Steve Shirk, again, of Shirk's Guide Service. And obviously he's a writer for North American Whitetail. We've done a few of his articles now. Always a great guest to have on, full of good information. Hopefully you guys can use that information for shed hunting. I know that kind of changes in a little bit of the way, you know, I'm going to specifically be more towards the bedding areas. And, I, you know, you see a lot of guys focusing on food more than the bedding, like he was talking about. And if you get to thinking about it, like he said in there, the mature bucks are going to spend most of their time in the bedding, especially if it's a harsh winter. Uh, but just in general, anyway, more mature bucks are going to be in the bedding area. So you got any thoughts on anything Steve had to say or the article before we wrap it up? The, the takeaway that I have from it is you see these guys, if, if you want to be one of those guys that just walks around and finds a shed, throws them in the box in the corner or makes a chandelier or whatever, that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you're one of these guys that wants to kill a mature, keep killing mature bucks year in and year out, or at least having opportunities, it's the same way with what uh, Forrest was talking about on the last cast. It's the time that these guys are spending mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the effort they're putting into it. And you can't just go out uh, in, in, in our case, October was when bow hunting starts. You can't go out in, in the second week in September, you know, spend 30 minutes walking the property, doing a little scouting, throw up a stand on Wednesday and then go hunting on Thursday and, or, or next Monday in October and continue to kill big buck. Now you yeah. might kill big buck accidentally. One walks by and shazam, there yeah. it is. But that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna happen every year or at least you're not going to get that opportunity every year unless you put in the time and not only time it's year-round time yeah it's food plot time it's camera time it's it's shed hunting time it's it's hunting time it's it's scouting Mm -hmm. it's observation when you're hunting and all it's it's practically year-round effort so you you want to be one of those guys you have to be committed like those guys are yep and every you know the old saying, every blind squirrel finds it, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. You can kill a mature buck one out of every four, three, four years, depending on where you're at. Maybe there's a lot of good mature bucks in your area, so you're going to have more luck with that. But if you want to do it consistently, like you're saying, like he was saying, you got to put in that You time. talk to the guys that got the wall hangers, mm-hmm. and I mean... Year after year. Year after year, or killing at least one, even two bucks. Yeah. Those, you, what are they doing? They're that's what they do in their spare time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a hobby that they love, but they're spending just as much time in that hobby as they are at their work. Yep. Most of them. So, yep. I think that's a good place to wrap it up for this podcast. Obviously, if you guys want to support, you can go to RidgeHunterOutdoors.com, pick up some food plot seed, anything else you need we got on there. If you don't see what you need, just send me a message. If you guys ever have any questions for us, you want us to answer on the podcast, send us a message there. We're at RidgeHunterOD on Instagram. Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Facebook. You guys can follow us there too. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify. And then you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, good or bad. We can take it one stars, five stars, however you want to do it. So we appreciate y'all listening to this uh, special Saturday edition. And we'll be back again next Friday. So thanks and we'll catch you then. <laughs>